Life Audio. The goal of solitude and being alone with God is really to help you develop a closer relationship with Him. And in fact, being alone with God is what fills us up. But it's the one thing that so many of us avoid because we don't want to feel lonely. We don't want to feel that emptiness. We don't want to even think, well, what if God doesn't talk back to me? And there's a scary part of that for us that I think becomes a barrier where we don't allow ourselves to be in that place. But my encouragement is, is seeking out that time alone with him, because that's the very thing that's going to enable you to keep going. We're going to talk about this and more today. Stay tuned. Hey friends, welcome to the Hearing Jesus podcast. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? And how do you know the difference? Do you ever struggle to feel confident in your relationship with God and what He says in His Word? Do you sometimes feel stagnant or like maybe you hit a wall in your spiritual life? Hey, I'm your host, Rachel Grohl, missionary, author, pastor, and life coach, and I have been there. I too was doubting God's voice in my own life. I felt insecure about my relationship with Him, and I wanted to be obedient to what God was calling me to do, but I wasn't quite sure how to figure out what that was. I felt like I was wasting time trying to figure it out, and I just wanted a way to understand His will for my life. The answer for me was found in the pages of the scriptures, as I learned how to understand what they were actually saying. If you're ready to grow in your faith and to step confidently into the calling God has for you, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so that you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hey friends, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl. In Luke chapter 6, right before choosing the disciples, Jesus went and spent the night alone in the desert hills. And again, um, for leaders, as we are choosing our teams, our organizations or our... um, even our ch- our church teams or any any kind of leadership role that you have anybody that's in leadership knows that you're only going to be as successful as your team is and if you have a team that's not successful ultimately that reflects poorly on you as a leader so as you are selecting your team um that should be taking into consideration time for prayer and to listening for God and again seeking God's agenda for um his heart and his desire and and you know the way that Jesus chose people it was not based on their resume sometimes it was despite the resume which is what I love about Jesus we don't operate that in in the world we don't operate that way um but I think when we're looking for people um there's that's a whole sidebar but people that are faithful and available and teachable is just as much of a qualifier for me as people that have that shiny resume. So again, before Jesus was setting out to, to do something foundational for the next steps of his ministry, he took time away in Matthew 14. We see a lot of this in Matthew 14, um, right when the solitude, I mean, right when, uh, Jesus got the news that John the Baptist had died. He, of course, withdrew to a lonely place. Um, And anybody that has been through grief, I think, understands this concept of withdrawing. I um, also think different personalities handle this differently, too. I am an Enneagram 8 on the the Enneagram scale. And for 8s, when you are injured, you withdraw. And 
Eights can be like full force, full steam ahead, and they can do that for a pretty long time at a, at a pretty high capacity. But And there's a protective layer to an eight where we don't allow ourselves to be hurt. You know, we set up systems in our lives where we're typically um, leadership in, in a lot of ways so that we minimize our risk for being hurt. But when we are hurt, we withdraw. And because eights are normally like out there go-getters, sometimes that can be misconstrued as uh, being stuck up or um, a rejection even. And really what it is is it's a withdrawal to kind of heal and give yourself some space. And it wasn't like this for Jesus. Jesus, it was grief. But for uh, us humans, um, sometimes it's to reconnect with God and sometimes it's to lick our wounds um, because we don't like feeling um, vulnerable. And so um, it makes perfect sense to me that when John died, um, Jesus withdrew. And I think uh, we all do that in seasons of grief. And I think that's more accepted in seasons of grief. If if somebody said to me, uh, oh, are you going away for the weekend? And I said, well, I just need to rest and be alone because I'm grieving. That's a little bit more socially acceptable than I want to pursue my relationship with God. And so I think that's a little bit more of a common one. Uh, later in Matthew 14, um, during or right after the feeding of the 5,000, Jesus went up to the hills by himself. And again, what a powerful example of this. He had been performing a miracle and preaching and teaching and pouring himself out. And so many of us, after big seasons of ministry or an event or um, even a missions trip or something like that, we tend to want to just jump right back in without realizing that it's going to take some time to not just be alone, but to go be with God and allow him to fill you back up in all those ways that you had just poured out. And Jesus gives us such a clear, um, great example of this in, in Matthew 14. Mark 1, after a long night of ministry, um, it says that Jesus went to a lonely place early in the morning. And I think that one's sometimes hard for me. If I were to get up early enough, my house would be lonely in the morning, but it'd have to be super early because my husband gets up early. And, you know, my, when my kids were little, they're a little bit older now, but when my kids were little, I would intentionally get up early in the morning, early, early to spend alone time with Jesus. And every single time somebody would get up early and they'd say, mommy, mommy, you know, we can just snuggle. And, you know, while I love those moments, um, sometimes that's difficult to, to get up very early in the morning. Um, but yet what a worthwhile endeavor. And I think, um, now I'm alone a lot during the day, but in those seasons where I had to do that or God has called me to that, they've been incredibly fruitful times in my relationship with God. And so again, that's another example Jesus sets. Mark 6, uh, verse 31, when the 12 came back, uh, the 12 disciples came back from preaching and healing. Jesus told them, come away by yourselves to a lonely place. And of course, you know, if you've ever been part of um, like a church staff or a vo like a volunteer team where you guys have, maybe it's like after Easter, or some sort of big event where you've just poured out a lot. There's a lot of adrenaline. There's a lot of excitement, especially if people are coming to faith in Christ or um, God just showed himself faithful in, in, a, in a miraculous way or an amazing way um, because you want to just spend time excited and talking about that. And yes, that is super important to share victories with your team, but it's also important to go away by yourself, not even with your team, but, but by yourself to a place where, again, you can 
come back to God and allow him to fill you back up. Because the danger, I think, for a lot of people in ministry or even a lot of people just serving in lay ministry, Sunday school teachers, all of that. I think the danger is pouring out and pouring out and pouring out and pouring out and then not ever getting completely filled back up. You might get a little bit filled back up, but you never get completely filled back up. And if you don't, what's going to happen is each time you pour out, there's going to be a little bit left, a little bit less left. Hey friends, make sure you come back tomorrow to continue this ongoing conversation about solitude. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for the examples that you show us in scripture of the ways that Jesus and the disciples use solitude as a way to fill back up. God, um, in the areas of our lives where we are not recognizing our need to be filled up or we recognize it, but we're not making the move to get filled up. God, I pray that you would intervene. You would intervene on our behalf because we understand that as much as we have hearts to serve you and go, 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 that there comes a time where we have to rest. We have to be in solitude. We have to listen clearly so that your agenda becomes more important than our agenda. Lord God, I pray that you would clear away the noises of the world, the voices of the world, the voices of even our leadership, if, if it's in contrary to your word, Lord God, and that you would break through in such a way that we would understand you. We would hear you clearly. We would understand this call to solitude, and um, we would recognize that it's not restrictive. In, instead, it's the opposite. You desire to give us freedom. In, in that space, freedom from the things that have kept us bound, freedom from the things that have burdened us, freedom from the things that have kept us perhaps even working because we thought that maybe we had to earn your love and instead help us to recognize that we already have it because you are our father, you are a good father, you are a creator and you love us for who we are, not what we do, not what we say, not how we serve but for who we are as your children. God, I pray for my friends today that that truth would sink down deep into their hearts and their minds as they continue to seek you. In Jesus' name, amen. Talk to you tomorrow, guys. I know you've been frustrated with being confident in how to tell the difference between hearing from God and wondering if it's your own voice. Listen, I know, I've been there myself. That's why I wrote the Bible study, She Hears, Learning to Listen to Jesus. This is a six-week study that takes you through the book of John, looking at six women in the life of Jesus. It also teaches the color method of Bible study, which helps you to learn how to really understand the scriptures. I include lots of cultural and historical information, and it really makes these familiar passages of scripture just come alive. This is a great study to do on your own, to do with some girlfriends or even some teenage girls, and it will help you really gain the confidence in how to hear from the Lord and set you up with some tools that will stay with you long after the study is over. You can find that on my resources page at shehears.org, where there are also some really good resources to help you in your spiritual growth. I pray that they are a blessing for you. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you for God's call in your life, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, resources, and prayer throughout the week. 
Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you this week. Know that you are loved, you are cherished, and you are His.